0: Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Many seasons to develop it, yet with you and Matt Boldy, it's just been a few games. Why do you guys
1: mesh so well together the way you see the game?
0: Well, uh, he's great. Uh, you know, he can do everything, kind of. You know, he's big. He goes into the battles. He wins the battles. He, he passes the puck. He shoots good. Um, and right now, the chemistry is uh, very good right now. And, uh Sometimes it is like that, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very nice right now, but uh, um, we got to keep going, you know, it's uh, just been a few games. And with that, we welcome you in to a post-game edition immediately in the aftermath of the wild <laughs> shootout <laughs> loss to the Colorado Avalanche. That is the voice or the singing attempt or the bump bump attempt of one Declan Goff. I am Judd Zolgad, and we are here to talk about Declan. What I've got—I was taking notes. Oh, I've got classic. mounds of takes in my notepad. Uh, matinee hockey in Colorado. This was great. Oh yeah, like the first period was not great nope. if you're a Wild fan, but after that, this was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It had some controversy. Mm-hmm. It had some good play. This was a. Fun, fun game. I, I know that uh, that the Wild got one point, not two. But I'm going to tell you right now, I really don't care. This was a nice point, and this was a game that um, I didn't know. I, I find personally, I, I like afternoon starts. I find personally a lot of times that you don't know exactly what you're going to get from a team. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Wild reflected that in the first period, but after that... Um, I could not have asked for more if the puck had been dropped at 7 p.m. on a Saturday night. Loved it. No, I love uh, this afternoon hockey, man. This is the best. This is uh, this is exactly what I,
1: I want. I want more of afternoon hockey. Uh, <laughs> a, a awesome comeback effort from the Wild. I mean, that first period, it looked like a track meet. I mean, the fact the Wild only were trailing 2 to nothing after 20 minutes was nothing short of remarkable. I'm sure we'll have some takes here on Capo Cockney in a minute, but I mean, Capo kept it. With intact, I mean, I, I thought he was their MVP tonight. I know Kirill Kaprizov gets the is, gets all the heroics and deserves all the pub as well, but I think the main takeaway that I have um, from this one point shootout loss is that Kapo Cohnen is still legit man. He he keeps proving that he can hang. Um, Colorado is feisty. Colorado is hard. Colorado is fast. They are they're a scary team. You can, they can overwhelm you pretty damn quickly. Kapo looked dialed in the entire yeah. time, and you can make a case because of that weird goal at the end that. I mean, that one shouldn't have even counted as well, but in general, he he kept that Colorado team at bay. Um, This very well could have been a lopsided affair, especially in the first 20 minutes, and it's it's fun watching Colorado, dude. Like, I love watching their top line, and they have feasted on the wild opponents. This might surprise you, but I watched the Colorado Avalanche broadcast uh, this afternoon, Uh and they had a graphic that since 2015... Their trio of Ratnan, McKinnon, and Landeskog since, uh, I believe, because was the last one of those three to get into the league about five years ago. That top line went on the ice. They've scored more points than any other team or they've scored more points against the Wild than any other team since 2015. And that's, I mean, that's saying something. When you have Brodeen and Spurgeon, and I know Devin Dubnik, we've harped on them, but still pretty solid goaltending over that time. And and the Wild have been the ones that have been, uh, have seen the most reckoning from that. Uh, that top line can overwhelm you. And I thought Kapo Cochnan and the Wild being down some significant soldiers as well was pretty damn impressive. I'm not a moral victory person, not a silver lining kind of guy,
0: but I thought Kapo Kocknan was the biggest takeaway here tonight. Yep, and I, I think that um if Capo does not play like Capo did in the first period, I think that game is about five Zilch. Yeah. Four Zilch at the least. I mean, he was incredible. He was incredible. Okay, I'm with you. I I have never been on the moral victory train or the excuse train, and I find that to be a lot of bothersome BS. But what I will say is this today we saw a team in the wild that that I give full credit for because they came back. They played hard. And this game Colorado is a lot of fun to watch when they're challenged. Um if the first period had translated into the second period and then third and it's 7 to 1, who gives a crap, right? And then you you're basically out and you're like, well, that's a terrible performance, but the Wild came back and played great. Capo was 100 percent responsible for, for the fact the game didn't get out of control in the first period, but after that, Capri Boldy, Boldy, Fiala, uh, a lot of guys were fantastic and and this goes back to a topic that we broached and and I think we I don't think we backtracked, but we thought a couple of weeks ago that we might have been wrong, and I think it's we're not wrong, and it's this one. Go back to when we talked about when's the skid coming. Right, the lengthy seven, eight, nine, ten game skid, and we both said at the time, I don't think it is. Now, I believe the Winter Classic marked five consecutive defeats. Correct, and the Wild was not playing well, and so we both were, were like, "Oh, that might might have been an incorrect prediction." But you know what? Since then, this team has played well, and and they're down Eck. Big deal, I you know. That's a guy who you're replacing him with, Victor Rask. So that's a that's a big loss. Spurgeon for sure, Rodine for sure, and this team has come back and played well. And this is where, to go back to the conversation about, I don't think, Declan, that they're going to hit the long skid. This gets at that in the sense that look at the resilience here. and And part of it's Dean, too, because Dean is willing to rotate players he feels should play not beholden to um and i can't tell you like like that was why previously in my opinion those skids just kept going because it became it became sort of like the dna or culture right it's like oh we're losing again we're losing again now we're losing again this team after the first period today could have cashed it in and been like ah this ain't gonna work out right but they didn't but i mean this is why i they're going to have bad stretches, and I completely get that, and and I am not uh, naive enough to think that they're not going to. But there's a big difference between a slump and a mega slump. Yes. And again, tonight, officially they take the L, but they didn't, as far as the perception of that game goes. And Colorado, I, I thought Declan that they were that they spent the last two periods like what the mm-hmm. hell. Um, cause that first period, they were so fast and yep. so superior. And I love the fact that the wild came back and said, we're not going away and push back. Good for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, your, your eye test there doesn't lie. The first 20 minutes was a dominant was a dominant game from Colorado. And then through the second and third, the wild basically took the game by the horns and controlled it and controlled it. The second period was wacky. There was weird penalties. Camper gets ran over on a Bush league play by Jordan Greenway, oh, which I know we'll get into. Um, th- there was a lot of rocky things, but then the third period, uh, the wild still controlled the pace. If you just look at a course, side over the last 40 minutes shot attempts wise, the wild heavily controlled the last 40 minutes of play. Now, you have to play a full 60 minutes. That's uh, that's an old cliche. And in the first 20 minutes, the Wild were pretty dreadful. And if it wasn't for Kapo Kakinen and him only allowing the two goals, it could have been a lot worse, but it wasn't. And for them to continue to have the adversity, uh, see the adversity and rally through it. I mean, six on five, this team is absurd. This is why you also, you, Royce, our our friend Patrick Rice, asked this question to us the other day. Why are teams, you know, pulling the goalie uh, so earlier into contests now like you know you, it used to be you don't see a goal get pulled till 90 seconds to go if not even the last 60 seconds 55 and, in and, my day and and now i believe it yep. was with 257 left they pulled kapo kakinen mm-hmm. and they score instantly yeah it, it's honestly this isn't really much of an analytics game to just say that well the longer you can have the other you have more players on the ice the, the more likelihood you're going to be able to convert that six-on-five. Now, the Wild are converting those six-on-fives at an absurd rate. I, I I don't know how the fact they've been able—I think it's 11 times now. It's 11. 11 Actually, times. 11 goals. Which is, which is nuts. They're not even halfway through the NHL season, right? Crazy stupid. So I don't know if that's sustainable, but just with the way you can use that information and deploy it and have the right players in the ice, yep. that's how you can continue to make success happen. You can't just rely on it. You have to take in all the things into the consideration, and the Wild are doing that.
0: And what's one just enormous no duh key here? Kirill Kaprizov scores goals that, beyond Gabrick, probably this team never scores. Mm-hmm. The empty net goal, which which came in front and looks like a, Of course, he scored that goal, Judd. That's an easy. That is that is a goal. That is an attempt that nine out of ten guys who previously played for this franchise declan put wide or fan on or miss like Mm -hmm. is that seem like well of course he scored he's a professional no 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 what makes what makes him special among a lot of things those hands so so like that's the thing too is you you are dealing now with a player who can do things that flat out for most of the history of your franchise and Don't get me wrong. You had some nice players, so I'm not I'm not saying it was a bunch of dogs, but for most of your franchise history, you have not had guys that can do. I mean, those two goals are Kaprizov specials, and I'm sorry, but I think that the majority of the guys on this team currently don't score both of, of those goals. If you were just to take them out there and present them with the exact same opportunity. A big reason why I like to
1: watch the opposing broadcast is not just because of my thoughts on the local broadcast, because I I I like, but I like to see The Panther. You don't like them. I like to hear what other teams have to say about the Wild. I'm always curious on that. Um, And I'll say this about Colorado: they they are definitely their team is is a homerish crew. There's no doubt about that. They're boisterous. They're loud, but it's kind of a fun loud to be part of. Like if if you could take the AJ Pierzynski attitude. I'm gonna make a weird parallel and turn it into like a broadcast of like I would hate to listen to this as, it's as an opposing fan. Yeah, it's, it's wrestling. wrestling. It's yeah. very WWE. There's them. there 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 is a there's a JR and there's a king and there's a protagonist and an antagonist and it works extremely well together. But their their point was and, and this has now been universal since um, basically Prokhorov's been here for over a calendar year. We've been able to see him play and play for the wild. Is that they always come back to the same comparison? Well, they had Gabrick. And Gabrick was fast, but Gabrick is not—this guy's better than Gabrick, which is not insane to say, despite even the sample size. Gabrick was fast. The other wild teams were deep defensively, but they were basically coming to the conclusion that with how fast this wild team can play now, they can Mm -hmm. keep up with Colorado. Mm -hmm. I don't think a crew like that in Colorado, who is very overconfident in their own ways— would just throw out the praise and comparison like that to the wild, because they have seen probably the same things that you and I have been talking about that. Hey, why is Eric Stahl and Ryan Suter starting the overtime here? Why are you putting two, two cinder blocks in skates to go up against Landeskog, God, and Cal McCarr, et cetera. Uh, I think other teams around the league are noticed that this is not your grandma's wild for the lack of a better word. This is a completely new team. And can they hang? Can they make a run in the Western conference and compete with Colorado throughout the rest of the course of the season that there's some funky things in the schedule. So the Wild still have some games in hand to make up for it. The perception of this, of this wild group now that we've been here for over a
0: calendar year has changed around the league. Thousand percent. And it should, it's a new team. Um, so I'm going to give, credit here but ask you a question first what was your thought on the mckinnon no goal then goal that that gave the abs a late lead where it was pretty clear to me that capo's pad had traveled across the goal line but you indeed i don't think could really see the puck your thoughts i think the fact they ruled it no goal and not having
1: the conclusive evidence to overturn it i think it's a little bush league um i understand that even though you can't see the puck, and the assumption is that the puck is definitely past the line and underneath his underneath his uh, um, underneath his pad, and I think even they were showing how you can still you could kind of see the little black start to peek out of the Vaughn logo of,
0: yeah, of Tapa uh, to Capo's pad. Old school trick. I love that trick.
1: I think the fact it was ruled a goal says mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I, I, I understand Minnesota sports like, God, why can't this just happened to us once? I understand that logic, but in, I, I, and I do kind of end up siding with Minnesota sports fans there. But I, I get why Dean was upset because on the ice it was ruled a no no goal, and you really can't see
0: conclusively that this thing should be, should have been overturned. Yeah, I think they I think the biggest mistake was they should have called it a goal and then went and looked and then just up, upheld that that call because I mean his pad had traveled unless they, they blew a whistle, which I don't think. They did. His pad had gone well past the goal line. So I think the right call is, it's a goal. We don't really know yet. Now go look and and then uphold that that call. But here's where I'm going to dish out some praise. And it's not going to be to a player. It's going to be to to Dean. Um, He complains a lot. And he sort of screams and yells. And there might be some who think that that is whining and dial it back. But here's what I like about it, and like in a uh, in a case like this, I love it. It feels like Dean has his players' backs, and he takes care of things, and then they move on. So, so my point is, there's a lot of teams, previous teams with this franchise, lots of teams that would have had that call go against them, right? Mm-hmm. and been like it's late in the game son of a you know son of a b we've tried really all oh, we're dead now right what i loved was dean melts down in dean's way but it's clear it like he takes on the whole thing of i've got this and then his team goes out and comes back i love that fact i love i just i just go back to how many years w- would we have seen that happen and you know the Wild would have tried to come back, and Parise would have shot wide, and Koivu, Koivu would have been in a sour mood, and he, he, he would have thought, I'm going to go complain, right? Like, all of that crap. I love the fact that Dean basically said, right or wrong, what he felt should be said, and bang, they're right back. Like, yep. that's big. That's really big. Because that sets a tone, that is instrumental in in I'm going to protect you as your coach. I'm going to have your back here. I'll take care of that part. You don't come back. And they did. Mm-hmm. So is, I really like that. It is really interesting how how that works out
1: because, you know, look, I love me and you liked Bruce Boudreau. I think Bruce Boudreau is still a very, very good coach. But something, and unfortunately I think it was more of the room, room got stale. Same thing that happened to Yo, same thing that happened – to John Torchetti, um, unfortunately, there was enough to pe- too many people in the room. Mike Zimmer is similar similar cog there. It yep. just seems like this team, they have kind of whitewashed that former stain of the room, and now that you've had, you know what, you played 55 games last year, they've played 35, you basically have had what is a full season's worth of this new collection that is the Minnesota Wild, the Bill guerin Nevison collection, and, you know, all... I won't call you out here, but I will, I know you've admitted this to me. We were just talking about this last week that remember they handed, when they took off the interim Dean. we thought, yep. man, why is there no vetting here? Don't like you want to vet? Don't you want to like figure it. out who else could be out there? And then if you still want to give the job to Dean, you can. And we watched, and I think we've learned here pretty, pretty quickly that Dean is the right coach for this team, man. And he was a Jack Adams finalist last year, not just by default. And he's probably going to be up there again, but just selfishly, where 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 does Dean get these suits tailored? You know, as a nice fit guy myself, Judd Zolgad, yep. I just want to know. Uh, you I know, feel he's, like screamed, Dean's strong, he's screaming. Though. Well, I he definitely. Like I think he's, he's built got like the, an ox. Yeah, I, I was think gonna he, say. I yeah. bet
0: Dean could. Dean looks like like he could still play. <laughs> yeah. like he's still he's built. He, he's thin. He's trim, but I he looks strong.
1: I wouldn't want to see Dean in a men's league. Honestly, I wouldn't. I, I mm-hmm. think I think he would have no problem just just, oh, just kind of force your ass. it as he well. Yeah, he'd
0: kick your ass. Um, so I do want to talk about the Greenway hit on Camper, But before I do do that, it just struck me. Do you know what Dean would really like? Dean would really like Declan Goff, a pair mm-hmm. of chill boys. Yes, because he chill boys, if he, he was going to play in a beer league or, as you just said, a, a men's league, Dean could put on the boxers or the long johns, which are beyond comfortable. and And he could be warm on a cold day. In fact... Declan Goff went to the Winter Classic, and one of his one of the reasons why he survived—not one, not two, but all three periods—was because of the Chill Boys. In fact, talk about the Long Johns and the experience, because they are phenomenal.
1: Oh, I think Old Man Winter's about to be uh, hitting us right in the face again here any minute, and we're supposed to be potentially below zero until Groundhog's Day or something. I, I saw our are friend we? of the show, Tiny Joe Nelson, and bring me the news, who brings me the weather all the time and the takes on my timeline. He loves his that, weather. That that and that. We're going to need some chill boys. We're going to need some long johns because it's going to be damn cold. And I'll tell you right now, there's bamboo fabric. There's performance brands. Now, the Wilder are probably rocking their performance brands. Judd and myself have the bamboo fabric on. And whether it's the long johns or just the classic uh, uh, boxer, boxer briefs, doesn't matter. We're comfortable because of our friends at Chill Boys. It's a Minnesota-based company. It is
0: life-changing underwear. Go check them out, chillboys.com. It is great. Okay. Let's talk about, I believe, the last time that we did a JHS episode, we touched on this, but it's worth going back to because they scored again today as a combination, and they almost got a goal in the OT period, and that is this. Matthew Boldy and your guy, 22, Kevin Fiala, look like they were born to play together. Yeah. Um, This is impressive, man. Like, there's a chemistry there. I, I'm not going to go as far as saying that it's zuccarello caprisov, okay? So, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say there is something there. Yep. And there is potentially magic in the air. That combination, I don't know why, it looks damn good. Mm-hmm. It looks damn good. And Kevin Fiala, with a player like Boldy Declan, is a different player.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable. Finally, surrounding Kevin Fiala with guys that complement his own skill set. You know, mm-hmm. um, Frederick Goudreau is a nice player, but he doesn't deserve to be playing with him. And even, you know, Fiala, who sometimes earns his seat on the bench with playing in the doghouse sometimes, and, and upsetting Dean Evason, Boldy is exact with this guy. And he means Boldy's hockey IQ, honestly, is um, it's similar to Fiala's. It's it's similar. It, I think it's, it's similar in, in good. It's definitely higher it's because higher. There, there isn't much reckless behavior. But the way he shoots the puck, the way he finds he Fiala, can't
0: as well, right? No,
1: I don't think so yet. But but he potentially could be down. The, could be down the road. This is exactly what the Wild and Fiala have lacked. Like, I I would not break these two up. Keep these two together for as long as possible. Um, think, yeah. And when he is indeed ready, when we even though we saw just a couple games with it, when Marco Rossi is ready. And Eck obviously comes back from the COVID list. Well, now you're talking about, at least on paper, a very fun top six and a top six that can hang. And that has, I know that has the potential of two 20 year olds on the roster and and there's some unprovenness to a degree. But dude, I I see what I've seen from Nico Sturms and the Goudros, et cetera. if, If Marco Rossi is ready and you plug him with Boldy and Fiala, well, like seriously, let's play. As uh, as we used to say, like let's play here because I think it's really going to be something don't special be that
0: them. that uh, that we can the roll NFL. with. No, I don't. Won't. Don't be stealing. Yeah, you know what? I think that that if you get if when Eck is back, if you get centers that go Hartman, Goudreau, Eck, Sturm, mm-hmm. for now, I think it's fine. I think it's fine, and and I will say I think it's very important then. That the Eck line, and this is this is no dig at them, but to me it becomes crystal clear then that the Eck line is the third line, which is just absolutely great. But this will be the first time in a, a long time, Dex, that I think that you would have what I consider to be a top six, where where you're pretty certain that they that both lines can score. Because like with Kevin, there, there are times, and it's just crystal clear where he's not with the right people, and it's like he's still good. Um, he, he can get lax at times, but I mean he's still a talented player. But it's not right. But this is right. And Boldy, Boldy's hockey sense, I think, is off the charts. Yeah. Like I think it's off the charts.
1: This is where the law of averages start to balance back in the favor of Kevin Fiala being snake bitten for the first thirty games of the season. Over his last ten games, he's got six goals, four points, still shooting the puck uh, two and a half times a game. His shooting percentage is high at twenty percent, but it's been so damn low that eventually he was going to start get rewarded with more goals. And also, this is who Fiala is, which is a streaky player. Um, he's he's streaky like this. But I think if you plug in Boldy, I think these streaks are. He's not as much of a feast and famine kind of player that we've gotcha. usually seen that Kevin is. Um, I think Boldy is exactly what complements his skill set, and Boldy isn't just a because he's, he's a wing, but he has the attributes to make things happen as a winger. Matt Zuccarello, similar similar story, right? Matt's is a playmaker.
0: Yeah. Like I, we like for him to shoot the puck more, and, but he's a playmaker and the feel there, right? Yeah, Kaprizov, he he makes passes where where you say, how the hell? Did you see that or do that? Mm-hmm. And I feel like well, Boldy is not going to be as sexy in that role, but he's effective. And, and where, I, where I think Kevin runs into problems is if, Kevin is if Kevin's with a couple of guys who are good but not great, Kevin Fiala can try and create for himself, but he's not Kaprizov. I mean, Kaprizov's just such a special player. So, if Kevin is trying to create a times and score, it's like, eh, I don't know about this, right? right. But if Boldy creates, um, I, I would say this. If you were to take Gabrick, I think that Gabrick in his prime is below Kaprizov and above Fiala. Yeah. But I don't think the gaps are huge, right? Between all three? Or between yeah, like, Fiala like if, and... if you were to rank all three uh-huh. in their primes, what I'm saying is, Kaprizov one, yep, no question about it. Yep, Gabrick two, mm-hmm. more of a special player, but Fiala's three, and it's not like an enormous gap. My point, my point is, Fiala can score, and he and he's a good player, but he needs a little bit more help. And if he's trying to actually facilitate things for himself, Kirill can do that. I think Kevin starts to struggle if he's asked to, and that's where Boldy co- comes in, and just can return Kevin to being what he should be, which is go score some goals. Right.
1: I, I do think just pure talent-wise, yes, that's that's all accurate, too, and even when they're playing at their best because, look, I know there's – although these guys weren't flawed players, but I think that's misunderstood that, like, Zach Parise in his heyday, yes, is still a better player than Kevin Fiala. Like, Zach Parise's peak more complete is is a more complete player than Kevin Absolutely. Fiala. That's 100% true. Yep. Um but Kevin Fiala has a skill set that this team has lacked, which is just dynamic goal scores, yep. which is why it's a big gamble that the odds are that Kevin Fiala being here next season or even long term are probably slim to none, um, yep. or I should say not not likely, <laughs> not likely. I shouldn't say that, slim to none, but that's definitely fair to not say likely. Right now.
0: I'm not if, sure that's going to be fair in two months, mm-hmm, but right. I think that's fair to say right now.
1: But I, I do think that uh, Boldy. Giving Kevin Fiala, Matthew Boldy is exactly what what yeah. this team should have been doing from a from a long time from for from basically the
0: start of the season. So I think that we have, and I, I have certainly seen this reflected on my at J Zolgia Twitter account. Um, I think we have, and it's fair fan bases in this town that like players, certain players. Mm-hmm. You should you buy jerseys, you go to games, you're told they're great. Um, but I'm going to make a a just a prediction right now. Um, I think Fiala is going to stay and Mm. Dumba gets moved because we're seeing defensemen emerge. And you just said what I think is the absolute key thing. And by the way, I like Dumba. So this is in no way me begging for him to be traded. But what you said is so true and you can't just replace them. Kevin Fiala can score goals. Dumba can do a lot and, but Again, because guys are hurt right now, we're starting to see guys e- emerge. And it's very interesting, empowering, and important to note that today, Kalen Addison ran the first power play. Dumbo was on the second. My point being is, I wonder, because the these guys are smart, and they also are not going to keep players because the fans might be upset. Uh, Dex, I am beginning to think that... that If Fiala and Boldy continue this chemistry, there is a much better chance that they say, if Kevin Fiala goes, who replaces him? Because, I mean, you can't just say, oh, we can get guys to to score goals. This is a different league now. And having guys that can naturally score goals, they're hard to find. That's my prediction.
1: I, I don't disagree with your logic too much that it's probably easier for the Wild to replace Dumba's game than it is Fiala's game yep. just from the ceiling standpoint. Yep. But I think them trading away Matt Dumba, who has a year left on his contract, so he'll be a UFA after next season. Yep. He's right now he's at six million dollars. I think Dumba is more likely to stay and they're more likely to give Dumba a payday than Kevin Fiala. That's and and they would want Dumba around long term yep. more than they want Kevin Fiala long term. Yep. Now I don't disagree that man betting that Dumba will have more of an impact on the ice than what Kevin Fiala brings at their at their ceilings. Yep. I think that's also important here. What what's, what's the, what's the top-level game that they play? I think Fiala's is higher than Dumba's. But I think with him having an A on his jersey now, him also maturing, him being a in very integral part in that locker room, I think it would have to take something that, I mean, they would have to get a haul, like something back like, oh, my God, we have we have to make this trade. Yep. Where I think with Fiala Fiala wants to get paid. Fiala wants money. Yeah. And and I'm not saying Matt he might I, deserve and, it. and I don't mean to put words in either of their mouths, but I don't and I'm not saying Matt doesn't want to deserve money either, but I I think Dumba wants to stay here for the long term. I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Fiala also wants to stay
0: here long term. Okay, but if you find out that, that it, it's going to take XYZ to get uh, a a new contract for Kevin Don for Kevin Dunn. Um Here's, here's why I think that there's a chance that they trade Matt. Bill Guerin is Bill Guerin. He is not going to say, well, this guy wants to be, be here. Like and, and if he says privately, Kevin Fiala has some issues behind the scenes, locker room, then he's gone. But all I'm saying is that Bill Guerin eats difficult conversations, much like P.J. Fleck, for breakfast. So so I I just think it would be dangerous to to say well yeah but I mean Matt's popular he is he's a great guy does a ton that's all fantastic but Bill Guerin makes decisions based on one thing how can I win a cup mm-hmm. and right now the Wild is parading defensive prospects because they have to um onto the team and some of them look pretty damn good and so my question becomes. Bill get like Chuck Fletcher. I know exactly what Chuck does. He keeps Dumba. He trades Fiala. We roast him in a year and a half. Totally to get that one. I just think that Bill Guerin being as savvy as Bill is. And if Boldy and Fiala like have it, that's hard to find. Yep. I think that there's a chance. So I, I don't well, love I, the idea. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a difficult, like, that's the thing is we don't, I don't get this. And it's not you, but we like don't want to have discussions about yeah. well, Harrison Smith's not going. Well, actually, no, yeah. he he could be gone. Like, why don't we embrace this? This is how you get to championships by making decisions that mm-hmm. the day that they're made suck.
1: Let's let's be honest. For the basis of this conversation is is neither of these two guys are going to get long term contracts on the Wild. That's that's a fact. They, like, there's no scenario I can really see. That involves Matt Dumba and Kevin Fiala receiving both long-term contracts from the Wild in the next 18 months. doesn't exist. I don't see how it happens with the current salary cap and their current commitments and the buyouts that are against them. Only one can stay. So that's where this conversation can honestly take place, just from a fun part. The difficult conversations for breakfast part and Garen not being afraid to move someone. I hear that, and I think he'll listen to any of those offers and understand the pros and cons of doing that. I think when he looks at Dumba and what he means to the team for his 200-foot game and what he means off the ice, at the end of the day, at least right now, mm-hmm. that outweighs what Kevin Fiala brings. I agree with right now. And I, and I, I think right that's, that's where, and as, this is kind of funny, because I think if anyone who listens to this podcast regularly, you're this saying. might come off at that Judd's the Fiala stand, and I'm no, the I basher. I don't care. Could not. Be, yeah, Judd doesn't care. I People love. Don't I,
0: concern me. Rosters nope. do.
1: No, Kevin Fiala. Could, I like Kevin Fiala, and I want I him to him. be unleashed. I, I want him to be successful here. Yeah. But I, I, in terms of just that logic right. and this fun little debate we've had here, I think it's more likely than not that Dumba stays and, and Fiala gets moved.
0: Right now, you're right. What I'm saying is, it's gonna. It could shift. mm Hmm. And all I know is that the Kevin Fialas are harder to find. And and Dumba, hard to find, too. Brings intangibles. Um, great slap shot. I have said for a long time, don't give him away because he is the type of guy who you can't replace just by snapping your fingers. But what Fiala could bring and, and what I see from him and Boldy could be incredibly special Um. And I think that finding guys who can do what Kevin does is extremely tough in today's National Hockey League.
1: Last thing on this, just this comment on our screen from our YouTube channel. By the way, if you're consuming us, hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment, Minnesota Wild Vikings, Timberwolves conversations. Mackie and Judd and I am Declan Goff. Uh, hey, Jordan, I don't know if it's a soft A, might be Jordan, uh, says, Jordan. based on how much money D-men get these days, I think Dumba is gone unless he takes a major hometown discount. I, I, I agree on this logic. Interesting. Fiala wants to get paid. Yep. Dumba, again, I don't mean to, I'm just recklessly speculating on someone else's future here and the funny money that is pursuing contracts for professional athletes. I think that Matt Dumba is more likely to take a discount than Kevin Fiala is willing to take a discount from this Minnesota team, from this Minnesota led team.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I I wonder what the discount would be. Um, Well, he makes six right now. Yeah. I wonder what the discount would, would be. So I'm just slide yeah. I'm sliding a little bit more. I think we need to I think we need to entertain the fact that the discussion uh prematurely that we are having right now is going to be a discussion. I feel like a lot of people don't like that. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. No, you you know what? That's what it's all about. Reckless yeah. speculation. Chris Cook. I hope that's not the uh for, former Viking Chris yeah, Cook. Yeah, he might be Chris, He's not, that doing not anything. very good at no. all. Um Got, got a couple more points to get to, but before I do, I want to talk about my friends, Declan Goff, Livia Weight Control Centers, as hopefully people know by now. I'm down 30-plus pounds. A few months back, I was was lethargic, too big, didn't feel great. But Livia has changed that. And, and here's the great thing, too. If you are, say, tuned in in New York, you're a wild fan in Los Angeles, consultation available. You can join. So they're they're based here, but um, I, I know of a story of um, a guy, I believe it was in New York, and a couple in Los Angeles that contacted them and said, I saw Judd, how can I get in- involved too? And they said, no problem. And here's they're the, the, taxi, squad. Right now. They're the exactly. taxi squad. They're the taxi squad to I mean, our like, Minnesota it, Wild it, team. Exactly right. Um, the, the best part now is is you get your first eight weeks for free. It's the I Did It Eight Week Challenge. That's great. Call today 855 go l i v e a livia.com livia.com l i v e a.com check them out. They're great. The program is easy and by springtime you will be feeling like a new person. The Jordan Greenway hit. Um you referenced it at the top of the show, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think the league should look at that hit and I hate that hit. I hate um and I don't don't know if if the league had Kemper come out to get checked for a concussion, if he has one, I don't know. But Jordan Greenway was not pushed in. He was shoved a little bit, but he he diverted off the path and threw out what? An elbow and hit Kemper in the mask slash head. There is no place. And I am not a hockey. Goody two-shoes guy. But there is no place, in my opinion, for that. Like, this is the one thing. You want to get head hunting and head hits out? I hate that hit. Yeah, I didn't like
1: it either. Um, and as Gary says here, guys aren't talking about officiating because I see some other comments about that too. Dino's apparently pissed and in in red in the face in his post-game press conference, upset about that goal getting overturned. Uh, I, number one, this is not a podcast that bitches about officiating. It's part of the game, and there's some horrendous calls. And if you want to go back and listen to what we said about that it's earlier in the podcast, early on this YouTube channel, you can go back and see that. To the Jordan Greenway point, yeah, I thought it was a pretty egregiously dumb mistake by Jordan Greenway. Um, And there's there's something with this wild team, and most of these guys have been gone since Darcy Kemper left. They don't like Darcy. He must have been a cocky... He must have been an a-hole behind... Yeah, I yep. don't understand it. He was Jason, always
0: a gregarious
1: guy with us, but yeah, you're right. Jason Zucker, I remember like one of his last games, the Wild and Koivu, the they got of... into it. Koivu did too. So there's something... And again, that all those names we just mentioned are in, a, are in a stew of its own right, but something is up with the Wild and Darcy Kemper, and I I don't know really what it is. Jordan Green is not pushed... He's a big rig. He got right in the way. He clocked him. You get a little of that. Yeah, he, he like absolutely it. clocked him. He did not get pushed. I would not let the local broadcast here make the assumption that he was pushed. I have yeah. no idea how you come to that conclusion. Well, he
0: got shoved a little bit, but it, that that was in the normal course of that play. But then to divert off the path and look, yeah, here here's the problem. If we started to hyper focus on officiating, this whole show would be about it. Yeah, and we're not going to be like about it's that. a bang bang game. It, I, I wouldn't want a part of trying to call games, and so yeah, and you know we can complain and stuff. I just the only the only reason why I bring up the Greenway hit is I thought it was a cheap shot, and it's like the type of play that this league does not need.
1: Yeah, and it was it was a shoulder as John was on our YouTube shoulder, page. That okay. went, it wasn't an elbow. It wasn't an elbow. It was a shoulder that, that went into there really awkwardly, but he had time to get out of the way. One hundred percent, had time to get out of the way. Well, didn't he didn't need did to
0: go it. on. Yeah, I, I, I
1: sorry, I, 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 don't know if it would. It's not going to be lengthy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a game for that hit. I don't think it should be like multiple, and he should be set example of yeah. unless the unless the league I'd find him for sure. Unless the league has come out and said like we want to... and maybe that's next year because every there's a point of emphasis going into every season. Maybe next year's goaltender interference. And we're going to see a you know a dozen bleeping goaltender interference calls um, uh, uh, against teams going forward next year, but. It was a dumb play by him, and actually, I will say, you know, he's he's been playing better. I know he had COVID and was out of the lineup and came back recently, sure. but he's, his game was kind of crescendoing and, and starting to look like it's an up-and-up, but also, at the end of the day, he looks like a player that I'm not going to be building around. He just, Jordan just Oh, yeah. no, no,
0: no, no. He's a third-line guy. hmm Or gone. Like, he's just never going to have the consistency that he should have. I don't know why, but he won't. Um, yeah, he does not... Unfortunately, on nights he comes to play, Jordan Greenway's phenomenal. Off the charts. Like it's fun to watch. He hits guys. He makes plays. He's got some skill. I felt like on a night like this, he showed up. Okay. What's up? Um, yeah, I I just the inconsistency drives you crazy. Now I do think when he's with Felino and Eck as opposed mm-hmm. to Rask, um, that that line works really well, but Jordan is the, is the weak link as far as what Jordan Greenway are we going to see? Last thing I've got kudos wild fans. You could hear the fans yeah, in Colorado. Um, It sounded like, like there were thousands upon thousands. That's really cool. Yeah. Good, good for them. And this team, this team, unlike previous incarnations, Deserves it. But that place sounded like it was packed with fans for the Wild, and and hockey fans from this state deserve credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, credit. the Wild have
1: traveled well to those divisional games. They travel well to Vegas for whatever reason. Um, I that don't one, think that's hilarious. That
0: in Phoenix makes sense. Yeah. This one's impressive.
1: Yeah. It's uh, good for them to go watch a fun Matinee hockey. I love, make Matinee Are hockey a you? weekly thing, dude. Well, oh, they're not going to do it
0: on a non-holiday Well, I understand, I understand
1: that. But, but yes, make, it should be a 1 Make o'clock... this a
0: thing. Well, here's what I want. Give me a game of the week on a Monday at 1 o'clock. Oh, you're not going to get Give that. me a game of the week. You're not going to get it's that. Hockey. It's hockey. It's a weekday. They're not going to play a 1 p.m. game on a non-holiday weekday. Here's what I want. I want far more 1 p.m. Saturday games. Yeah. The Bruins do them all the time. They're the greatest. I would do 1 p.m. I, if I was the Wild, I would petition for like eight of them. Mm-hmm. I love afternoon face-offs at a reasonable hour, which I think 1 p.m. is a That's decent, reasonable. A decent get home for dinner. time to face-off. Exactly right. Yep. 1 p.m. face-offs at a reasonable time on Saturdays. Sundays, not so much during football. In fact, that's a bad idea. But anyway, you are not, I'm sorry, Dex, you are not going to get the 1 p.m. Wednesday not afternoon like puck drop. I know you want it. I, I know you it. don't work at that time because you can go watch the game because it's your job to watch the games. You have to watch the games.
1: Sorry. I love it. Make it happen. No, it's okay. I understand. I understand.
0: Yes. All right. We are uh, done. The, the Wild um, does not play again till Saturday, Hockey Day in Minnesota. <sighs> well, if I'm not mistaken. That's against fun. The Blackhawks, like 8 p.m., 8 p.m., Um, but I have a feeling we'll be back before then to discuss something. And so Declan, Mm -hmm. take it away and, uh, hold on a second. Uh, I would like to thank my sports son. I would like to thank my sports son. I finally got him. I don't know why his head is turned sideways. Ooh, was it? It It was, it was right in the box. So like you, you didn't. And Are are you you too scared to? to Well, I don't want to snap it off. Yeah. Jared's really locked in there. Yeah. It's locked in and his stick. This frustrates me. And again, it's not your fault. His stick has no obvious place because his okay. hand does, does not have like a little seam there. Yeah. So like I got a stick. Well, I gave
1: brother Liam the other one. That yeah. one technically is from Pat's friend of the show, Patrick Donnelly, who said you have to repay
0: him with a beer at the beer next local he's, watering he's, hole, he's which, got it. which you'll gladly get, I'm sure. He's got to But my question is, if it's accurate, why is the head purposely turned sideways and where's the place for a stick? because like hold Fan on services here. where yet just quickly i've got a suits doll a suits bobblehead from back in the day and you see how how he's got the glove yeah and the stick fits right through it right so like jared what's up with that yeah i'm not
1: sure it's a life-size bobblehead as colonel says here it's kind of it's kind of mean but also very accurate colonel, how is
0: spurgeon as big as suits That makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense, because Spurge Spurge should be about down here, right?
1: Yeah. All right, take it away. All right, man. I'm done. Uh, For Judd Zolgate, I'm Declan Goff. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel for daily Minnesota sports entertainment on the wild, on the Timberwolves, on the Vikings. Head on over to the Purple Daily channel for plenty of Vikings coverage at seven days a week. Judd and I are about to dive into a comments edition from YouTube as well, so if you want more football talk, And I don't know Purple Daily, but the Score North app is also a central hub for everything we do. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We'll be talking to you soon. Pass, shoot, score.